you all for joining us for Behind the Bowtie podcast. This is really special to me, myself, and A&B Business to have these great folks representing these four nonprofits in our community. And it's been uh, talks within our organization, especially during the holidays. Thanksgiving, Christmas is right around the corner, and there are so many great nonprofits that have these needs that people can pitch in, assist, and help out. And I wanted to highlight a few of them in our area, and they can go in a little bit of detail um, what their needs are um, on how you can get involved and how you can assist as well. So Rick Weber from the Children's Home Society, do you mind sharing a little bit about your organization and what you would like to visit about and about Children's Home? You bet. Thanks, JJ. It's great to be here with all of you and, and be with some great other folks doing some really important work here in Sioux Falls in our region. So Children's Home Society has been around a while, started in 1893 as an orphanage and did that work for decades. It was really an orphanage and an, an adoption agency. So that's kind of in our, our roots. And then in the late 60s, really transitioned to be a residential treatment facility for kids with emotional and behavior problems. But the core of our work, I would say our mission is really related to child abuse and neglect and domestic violence really at its core. So our, our mission really is about everyone deserves to be safe, that children deserve to be safe from abuse and neglect and, and have a safe environment, safe family, a healthy family, and adults too. Actually, Children's Home Society merged with Children's Inn, which was started in 1977 as a domestic violence shelter. Mm -hmm. So then that added into our mission serving adults who are victims of domestic violence. So we have the Children's Inn facility here in Sioux Falls on Northwestern Avenue, and that's an emergency shelter for any age. We've had children come from a hospital setting, birth just a few days old. We've had um, women in their 80s. So we serve all ages of children, all ages of adults, and it's primarily women and children. So if men, they can come to the shelter for crisis counseling and support. Um, we just currently don't have a room to have them in the facility. We're actually building a new facility um, in the process right now where we're going to have some room rooms for men also. So our core work, again, is domestic violence, child abuse, neglect, but we also are a mental health provider. So we're serving kids with emotional and behavior problems that's not really related to environmental issues of abuse and neglect. There are kids with emotional problems, behavior problems, mental health problems, they're genetic, you know, great family situations, but they just need some specialized support. So they come to our residential treatment program in our school for help, you know, and then they go back to their families. So our core programs are the domestic violence shelter for adults and women, and then we have residential treatment in school, we have prevention services, we have nurses go out and work with pregnant girls and young adult women, and we have a forensic interview center out in the Black Hills, and then we have our Bright Start program where we have, the, that's one where we work with the, the pregnant girls and young adult women providing prenatal support and then yeah. helping with parenting, and it's all about helping kids be safe and have a good start and, and just have a chance to maybe whether they've been victims to just overcome that trauma and just move on to a better place. Thanks for sharing that, Rick. And one thing I love about Children's Home Society, you have so many resources to assist, like you mentioned, women, families, men, it's and children as well. It's just a variety of everything. So keep doing what you're doing, and we, we greatly appreciate that. So We get great support from the community. I think like all of our nonprofits, it's, it's amazing, but none of us could be doing this work without a lot of friends, that's uh -huh. for sure. Yeah, I definitely couldn't agree with you more on that. Julie from 
St. Francis House here in town. Do you mind sharing um, your mission, vision, values, and what you guys stand for here in our community? Sure. Um, the St. Francis House is an ecumenical ministry that was started in 1987 by the late um, Bishop Dudley and uh, Reverend David Holmes. So next March, we'll be celebrating 35 years of providing services in the community. Um, we are we have kind of uh, evolved over time because um, during my tenure, we um, opened up the other emergency homeless shelter in our community, the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. So at that time, we were asked by community leaders to no longer provide emergency housing because between the mission and Bishop Dudley, there was enough space for emergency housing. So we um, uh, changed our programming to be more transitional housing where people stay with us for a minimum of 60 days and they can stay up to a year. Um, we are a zero tolerance facility, meaning that we do breathalyze our guests every night because we wanna make sure that if one of our guests or several of them are fighting for their sobriety, they're not um, sleeping with or sharing a room with someone who is under the influence of alcohol because that's a trigger and we wanna try and protect their sobriety. And then of course, um, as our community has grown and changed, it also has brought in more um, of the illegal drugs that have come into our community. And so now um, I can recall when I started so many years ago that we were doing drug tests periodically and now we do, um, everybody gets a drug test once a month just to make sure that we um, are helping keep people um, sober and um, are staying away from the illegal drugs, which I will tell you is a, it's a fighting battle, not only for our guests that we serve, um, but it, it's a very detrimental thing to see what it can do to an individual of how it can completely ruin their lives. Um, but we're also a working program, so all of our guests are required to obtain and maintain um, full-time employment unless they're on um, benefits, and then of course um, they can work part-time. And then um, we do require our guests to focus on saving and paying off their debts. And that's a big thing because in order for us to stop the revolving cycle of homelessness, we have to help them pay off their debts so that they can get ahead instead of being upside down. It's amazing to see the amount of debt that some of our guests have and um, how they just don't understand that they need to be paying their bills. And so that's what we do a lot of times is to help them budget and pay their debts back to society. And so um, we are blessed to be in our brand new facility. Um, this December will be two years that we've been in it and thank goodness because um, if we would have been in the old building um, during the pandemic, I, I honestly have told many people in our community that the St. Francis House probably would have folded as an agency. There was just no way we would have been able to social distance and keep people safe. And now in our new building during the pandemic, you know, we had um, 16 positive cases at one time, but we were able to keep them in our home and we were able to take care of them because of the design that um, the architectural and um, building company did for our beautiful home. And so there are so many blessings and as Rick and the other two will share, this community is probably one of the best communities around, hands down, from support. I can envision when we were doing our campaign, people were saying, oh boy, I don't know. But you know, I always believe in faith and you have to know that it, if it's meant to be, it will come. And so I know as Rick with the Children's Inn, we're blessed because we work with them very closely because many times when people leave the Children's Inn, they come to the St. Francis House. 
and I know Janine, you'll be speaking soon with the Furniture Mission. And even when Feeding South Dakota, when you guys built your beautiful mm -hmm. new facility, um, this community believes in the work that us nonprofits do. And so I think it's not us just leading it, but it's us be having the honor of um, having the support from this community to do the work that we do every day. That was really nice. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And if you haven't had the opportunity to see the St. Francis House, um, their new facility, it's really state of the art and designed really, really, really well. And yeah. So, uh, Janine, do you mind just elaborating a little bit yeah. about the <laughs> furniture mission and what you guys all do down there? Yeah. So the furniture mission is a Christian-based um, nonprofit um, that was started in 2003 by our founder, founder Marsha Van Ginkle. Um, started in a small A-frame church up on Cliff Hill um, and kind of migrated downtown to where our current facility is um, at um, 8th and Nesmith. Um, currently, we are serving um, 30 to 55 families a week, um, and that is a broad spectrum of families, um, again, working with other nonprofits, so families coming out of Children's Inn and Children's Home Society, families um, graduating or individuals graduating from the St. Francis House and Bishop Dudley, um, a lot of our local immigrant families that are coming just to our area because our state was open and there's job opportunities here. Um, we kind of call ourselves the starting from scratch facility. So when you're starting from scratch um, and setting up your home, oftentimes families don't have the opportunity to spend those dollars um, that are needed to set up their household. Um, so the Furniture Mission um, takes all items that make your house your home um, and help you set up um, when you're starting over. And we um, will be blessed to be building a new building on the Empower campus. We need neighbors with Children's Inn. Um, we just made that announcement last week, so we're very excited about that. Um, we are also a part of the Chamber of Peel Capital Campaign coming up this April of 2022. Um, so there's a lot of new and exciting things happening. The biggest thing about the Furniture Mission joining the Empower campus is the ability to help our clients walk through each phase of what it is that they need for services um, at the Empower Campus specifically, um, and the other nonprofits that are there to kind of help nurture that. Um, as clients are climbing out of poverty, it's not easy. It takes a lot of organization and a lot of time and effort, and putting, a, putting everybody in one spot kind of really centralizes that for those families climbing out of poverty and makes things just that much easier. It'll make things a little bit easier for the Furniture Mission staff and volunteers uh, because we, on average, with donations and serving families, touch about 223 pieces of furniture a day. And we do that between two locations. We have our downtown location and then we have a, um, a warehouse offsite that is our overflow. And um, being able to be in one facility um, will, will lighten the load, if you will, um, to serving families and um, some of those pieces of furniture that are a little awkward to be moving around that many times. So we're really excited to just be a part of something that's um, amazing in the community. We will celebrate 20 years in the community in the middle of our campaign. Um, and in that 20 years, the Furniture Mission has helped just over 30,000 families and made a big impact in our community. And um, although a small nonprofit that seems to be growing at a rapid pace, um, we're really excited to be a part of just one piece of the puzzle for families in poverty and helping to um, be a part of the solution in our community. So thank you for having me today. You're very welcome. Yeah, the Furniture Mission, you guys are doing great things as well. And I, 
there's big news on the horizon, like going to Empower Campus and yeah. the new facility and the being together with other nonprofits to guide those families and folks, you know, through the stages of life and assisting them. Yeah, so. there's a lot of um, really exciting different ways of volunteer opportunities and mentoring that are on the horizon as well. Just different ways to get involved in what seems to be a small nondescript storefront downtown that is doing really big things. So, awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, next, we have Megan here from uh, Feeding South Dakota. Uh, do you mind just sharing? what you guys are doing, uh, who you guys are, and how you guys assist the community. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be joining a team. This is my um, second month, so I'm learning all the great things that are happening at Feeding South Dakota as well. Um, but our mission at Feeding South Dakota is really to end hunger in our state. So currently we're serving all 66 counties through a variety of different programs. Um, some are, of which are some fan favorites and crowd favorites of um, support, similar to our child um, programs like the Backpack Program. That's a longstanding program that is beloved uh, by many people and many donors. So um, serving through um, getting backpacks to children at school so that they can um, have that food not only over the weekend, but also um, in the summer whenever they're not receiving those meals at school is one of our programs. We also have a senior program where we're serving boxes to seniors and um, really bring it, it hunger to where these individuals are. And um, so that's been a great um, added program that we have at Feeding South Dakota really um, is just kind of our continuum of care with all of our different individuals that are food insecure or needing some assistance in that way. And then um, some other programs like our mobile distribution. Prior to COVID, we had some had pantries where individuals could come and shop. And what we found, especially with the pandemic, is um, we are really movers of food. So we can bring food to where insecurity is. And so that was a great thing that we learned throughout COVID was that we um, can secure food and we can purchase product through our great donations that has been mentioned um, previously. But really what we can do well is getting food out to our food deserts and areas that individuals might be looking for food um, or might be insecure in, in that way. So um, some great things that are happening and obviously would not be just like you all would not be possible without our volunteers because um, the amount of food that is moved across the state and packaged, repurposed, things like that would not happen with our, without those volunteers. No, thank you very much for that. And I did not know, I've been mentoring for five years, the backpack program and the student that I have mentored and still mentoring, it's just like on how many folks you reach kids and, mm -hmm. and it's very humbling to see that because they're really appreciative of that. And that's just one thing that your organization does just kind of with all the other things that you did mention. So yeah, thank you for all you guys do, so. We'll kind of transition now um, on, and whoever wants to start, you can, on what are your needs upcoming <laughs> um, for, you know, the month of November and December on how people can get involved or how they can donate to your organization and what those funds would look like or what those would go to and assist or help out uh, your organization in the future. Yeah, well, I'd be happy to kind of start out again and, and lead this. And, you know, it's such a reminder, I think, of all of us, and it's just, it's really a pleasure to sit and listen to all of our work, and it, I think it really shows how we complement each other, and we mm -hmm. work so well together, and we have our niches. I really don't think there's a lot of duplication in our services, really, because no. I think that's a concern to donors, and, and, and really, I think our community really does a nice job of that. There's not a lot of duplication, and the nonprofits work really well together, so I just 
comment about that and and that's pretty special i think mm -hmm. for our community but one thing i forgot to mention one of our core programs and, and it's really an all-around need we do foster care and adoption work you know unfortunately some of the kids that come to us can't go back home you know to their birth families mm -hmm. so that's just an all-around need and it's a very unique thing that someone would take you know children into their home and and we're not doing infant adoptions and these are kids who've had some trauma and some issues and they're older kids and have special challenges so so we're always just wanting to share that that if anybody has any interest in consideration of a foster care adoption we're very involved in that and of course mm -hmm. partnering with the state of south dakota the department of social services so that's really an ongoing need but mm -hmm. but you think of it at christmas time and we will have kids that will have no home to go to over christmas and holidays and, and children's home will be their home mm -hmm. which kind of relates to one of the things we're doing right now as we're setting up our north pole and and we'll have a lot of donors who'll be helping us have a nice christmas for the kids and, and thankfully there's so much giving throughout the year, but especially this time of year. Mm -hmm. So it's a great opportunity. Not only will we be doing Christmas presents for the kids and they'll get some new pajamas and a blanket, and but it's kind of a time where we restock the shelves. Yeah. You know, we have all our residential units, we have all our classrooms and our art department, our music department and our gym. And you know, we have the children's in facility and the Sioux Falls Children's Home. So we have a lot of needs. Um, you think of anything you need for, for kids and families and then a residential facility so we have a, a wish list and, and people can go to our website and we actually have wish lists for the children's in facility and the sioux falls children's home and the black hills children's home so if anybody want to kind of go out and look at kind of tangible items and needs they'd be on our website which is uh, www.chssd.org for children's home society south dakota so you can go on there and find the support option and find wish lists so that's something we really we do all year long, we kind of have our year long wish list, and then we do our Christmas wishes. So that's on there right now. And then just financial support. You know, I think like all nonprofits, you know, I don't know of any nonprofit that, you know, we most places get some government funding, uh -huh. but it's limited. And yeah. that's certainly the case for us that we really work to find all the government funding we can get from city, county, state, federal. But the reality is it we just need the charitable support. In our case, our budget, we have about 330 staff our budgets a little over 24 million dollars and about a third of that has to come from charitable support so just a great need just to keep everything going and we're mostly staff driven mm -hmm. I mean the nature of our work it's staff working with the kids and the women and the families and it's, especially when it's 24-hour care so if anybody is just interested in making a donation just to support the work um, we would just certainly appreciate that and people again can go to our website and find that donate button and assist in that way that that's probably one of our greatest needs really is just support to run the programs and everybody knows we're all challenged with staffing uh -huh. and we're all so challenged to keep up with with wages in today's world yeah. and, it, and it's, it's tough today we have 62 beds at residential treatment in Sioux Falls Children's Home and we have three open beds and we have I think four kids waiting to come in uh -huh. on a waiting list but we don't have enough staff so those kids are waiting even though the beds are sitting there empty and, and really, it's sure. just it takes the resources to have competitive wages, really. Right. So if people would help a donation, you know, really they're helping kids get in and get the help mm -hmm. they need. So those would be some of the, the key things um, going on right now. Yeah, there's so many good things you mentioned there that people on how they can get involved, donate, like with the Christmas gifts, with helping wages for the workers to fill those beds. And yeah, so thank you very much. Julie, do you mind sharing um, kind of what some needs are sure. upcoming for the um, furniture 
or St. Francis House, excuse sure. me. Um, actually, uh, next Saturday is our fifth annual Walk a Mile in My Shoes. Um, this event is held during the um, annual uh, Hunger and Homeless Awareness Week, which is across the entire country to advocate for hunger and homelessness. And so we meet at the Memorial Stone, which is behind the LSS building that is on 6th Street, right behind, right by the river. And we have a nice um, time where we, um, we come together and we read the names of the homeless um, and the homeless um, advocates and uh, workers that have passed away in the last year. And then um, we begin our walk um, from there to the St. Francis House, which is actually a mile. And then we are carrying a, a backpack of 15 pounds of um, items that are on our needs list. Um, and it can be everything from personal hygiene to cleaning items to socks, hats, mittens, you name it. Um, because those are all items that the homeless in our community need. And then um, after that event, of course, we have Giving Tuesday, which is coming up on November 30th. That's a big day. And I'm um, at the St. Francis House. Not only are we, you know, of course, um, hoping that people give to support the St. Francis House, then we turn around and take the things that we got from those backpacks and then we deliver them to the various entities in our community. So if there's children's backpacks, we'll bring them to the schools that are by us, the Church Terry Redland, um, Laura B., some of those schools, um, Hawthorne, Horseman, and then we share all the other items that are inside because this is not, a, the, the event on Saturday is not just for the St. Francis House, it is to advocate for the homeless. So we wanna make sure that people are getting backpacks or they're getting warm clothing. Um, another big pitch I'll just put in is, is right now we are doing um, Keep Kelloland Warm. In the past, they've had big um, gatherings where they give out the coats, but because of the pandemic, um, last year and this year, we are having the coats donated to us, and then we work with about 19 agencies that reach out to us that needs coats. And so then we um, fill those orders for those agencies, and then they come and pick them up. And then when we have extras, like we just had a bunch of coats, so then we just delivered kids' coats to um, Terry Redlin and Horace Mann and um, so that they had coats they could give to the kids because many of those kids, they're the lower um, economical schools, and so a lot of those kids struggle um, with having those things. Um, and then, of course, just going off what Rick said, I mean, we have our holiday giving that we do, and we always make sure not only um, do our guests have um, uh, gifts, but a number one big thing that we have done is um, relating to children's and in domestic violence. The holidays is a really, um, for most people, they see it as a joyful time, but it also can be a very difficult time mm -hmm. with families, and that's when you see a lot of domestic issues happening. And so one of the things that we do is that we have angel trees that we work with so that our guests um, can have gifts for their children so that they can get those gifts to the children because the custodial parent may if they come empty-handed, then sometimes that's when the feuding starts, that, you know, I'm taking care of these children and you're not, and you're not helping. And so some of the times we have to think outside the box to try and um, be proactive instead of reactive. And so, so th those are some of the things that we, um, that we are doing. And of course, um, food is always a big thing. Um, you know, we're, we, feel, we make three meals a day. And in our new building, we have 135 beds. So that's a lot of people that we are feeding and protein. We all saw the news. I mean, the prices of protein is going up. and um, But we always want to make sure that we are feeding our guests well. And so that's why we partner with Feeding South Dakota. And we're able to get 
um, food with them. And so um, I think that if you, I guess my big message is it's not just for St. Francis House. Really, if you give to any of the agencies, we are all kind of working together because it all benefits. And I tag off of you, Rick, with the staffing. It, it is hard to make those wages then when you're comparing to you know the fast food places that are paying so much more and then you're trying to manage benefits and offer good benefits to our employees when their really hearts are there to serve um, and it's and it's and it's tough but i truly know that we all do our best not to duplicate services and i'll share a quick story i had a newer employee come to me and say why don't we do cd counseling here at saint francis house and i said because we have so many agencies in our community that already do that and the pie is only so big and if we jump into that great we'll get a piece of the pie but everybody else gets a smaller portion and so there's no need to jump in for pie when we can um, partner and, and, and make those referrals to those agencies and work closer together so instead of us trying to always compete for the same dollars we have to look at some diversity and doing things differently um, the one thing that I really like there you guys are all connected somehow some way yes. and you guys work together as a team right and I appreciate that from being an outsider and looking in because it, it takes an army to provide to assist and help out all these people, the, the families, the children, so on and so forth. And one thing that I also liked though, too, was like the angel tree. We have, uh, at a &B Business, we, we've been um, doing that for a few years and everything. And it's just, just seeing the reactions of people um, is, just warms your heart more, more than anything on once they get an item, you know. You know, and it's amazing thing with the angel trees, um, you know, it's not just the gifts because I have I have mothers in our family units that are more excited to get uh, the biggest jug of laundry soap because <laughs> yeah. food stamps doesn't cover that. Yeah. And yeah. so they have to pay for that 100% or they get diapers and wipes for their children because, um, you know, if they have to purchase them, that, that it costs more money. And so having those cleaning supplies that are donated to us, then we're able to help those families so they can keep their apartments. Even if they leave the St. Francis house, we'll give them a care package uh, way to go. Just like when you're setting up a home, if you think about going out and buying all the cleaning supplies and oh my gosh, we all know it's like to find toilet paper now. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it's those type of things that um, a lot of listeners may not understand that food stamps don't cover personal sanitary items. They don't cover diapers. They don't cover cleaning supplies. Um, laundry soap um, it is mainly just your food items and so you still need to make sure that your clothes are clean when you need to send your kids to school or you have to go to work would you say it be would it be safe to say too that at the St. Francis house you guys would be looking for volunteers to serve meals oh, yes uh, yep. things of that nature we always love our volunteers um, I think it's pretty special we're one of the few places that allows young children to come in and volunteer mm -hmm. and I think that's the best when you see the kids that are coming out and they're serving the adults um, it breaks the stigma for our guests to know that children are not afraid of them because they're quote homeless and on the other side it teaches our young children that um, this is someone's brother, mother, sister, uncle, um, cousin. Um, we've even had a, I even had a, a teacher that was working for me part-time and one of her 
elementary kids came to stay at the St. Francis house and talk about that whole process of, you know, for both him and her, it was a pretty special time, um, you know, for William to know that his teacher was there and she didn't judge him for the actions that he did to how he came upon us, but how we were able to help him move forward. So That's a nice story that you shared there. Janine, can you just visit a little bit too as well? How can people get involved and what are some needs here for the furniture mission um, moving forward? Absolutely. Um, the greatest gift you could ever give the furniture mission is time. Um, you know, people, just because it gets cold outside, they don't stop transitioning. <laughs> um, and everybody loves to help somebody move. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> no. Um, you know, when you think about volunteering for the furniture mission, um, everybody's moved in their lifetime. Everybody's helped someone move. Um, I have moved like twice in my life, so I don't have a huge list of activities in that. But um, I would open up my phone and I would list out the people who I could offer pizza and beverages to and, and who wants to come hang out with me and help me move boxes. Um, when I started working at the Furniture Mission nine years ago, I really had a reality check of how hard we are on each other um, when we're in a transitional period. Um, if you know that somebody's moving and they've had that like side conversation with you, you like don't answer their call. Um, <laughs> and so, um, that transitional time of moving a family that is moving, um, for an example, from St. Francis House into an apartment, um, especially around the holiday season, if you ever want to fill your bucket, it's to put a kid in a bed who didn't have their own bed for a big period of time. Um, or, um, you know, we don't make this big announcement, but we do take Christmas trees as a donation. Um, those families in transition don't always have a Christmas tree um, to sit and have some of these gifts that are donated to them um, to have traditional family type activities. Um, and so uh, making sure that we're able to take those um, Christmas trees and and little thinned out, you know, when you're going through and thinning out all the ornaments that your grandmother just gave you and <laughs> all the things that you've inherited um, as we transition throughout our lives, um, think of the furniture mission to donate those items too because um, furniture and Things like ornaments are simple um, for those of us who live day-to-day -day lives and we just kind of follow the hustle and chase our children around. Um, but those items may have had a legacy with you and you're kind of pushing them off to the side. Given an opportunity for those pieces to have a new legacy, um, you know, that Christmas tree may have memories for you for just a couple Christmases and now you're done with it. Give it an opportunity instead of throwing it away to have a new memory um, wrapped around it to somebody who maybe wouldn't have that opportunity normally. Um, and then back to volunteering, um, you know, it's cold. People are constantly in transition. I promise if you come to volunteer on a Saturday, I'll feed you a breakfast before you leave and you'll get in a warm, scraped truck nice. <laughs> uh, to head out um, and you'll really brighten somebody's day. Mm -hmm. um, going kind of back to some of the smaller items that um, Julie mentioned that you can't purchase with food stamps, we offer some of those to families as well. Simple things like shower curtains and rings, you can't purchase with food stamps, but it's something that's a necessity if you're gonna be able to shower in your mm -hmm. new apartment. Um, cleaning supplies and toilet paper, we offer those things to families as well. Um, it all goes out in a really cute little laundry basket with a little message of hope. Um, 
Financially, we're always searching for funders to help us service Bibles to families. Jesus is the reason for the season. We mm -hmm. need to be able to share the word of God with these people mm -hmm. and let them know that he never left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he never left their side in yeah. a moment of need um, and bringing it kind of full circle back to, um, like I said, the reason for the season. So um, time, gifts, talents, all of those things are always number one at the top of our list. We wouldn't be able to do the things that we do without them. Um, but if you're really truly thinking about a need this Christmas and you're gonna get rid of your Christmas tree, please bring it to the furniture mission. Um, we only take them in season because we don't have a ton of storage for them. But um, right now people are out Hobby Lobby's decked out with all their yes, Christmas stuff and, mm -hmm. and women are shopping already. <laughs> so um, if it's something that you're getting ready to weed out, um, just think of the furniture mission so that somebody else could carry on the memory of having a special Christmas with their family. And I bet you've encountered stories from folks that received Christmas items or, or just a piece of furniture and then just seeing their reaction, I bet it just fulfills your heart and everything and probably words can't even explain. Um, it is, I think, for all of us that work in nonprofit, I'm speaking very candidly here, but um, when your career and your passion for life collide and you get to do something that fills your bucket every single day, yeah. there's not a story that's ever the same. There's not a person that's ever the same. There's right. not a walk of life that is mm -hmm. ever the same walk of life. Um, I think it's really impactful. And I personally um, come from a little bit of a rough background and um, home divided and, and different things like that. Yeah. So. When I have an opportunity um, as a leader of an organization to just um, put it all out on the table and say, hey, um, no judgment, I've been there with you. Mm -hmm. I've walked the poverty line. Um, it really brings a whole different level of perspective um, to these families that we're serving. Right. Um, I don't just sit in my office. Oftentimes I'm, I'm loading and unloading those trucks right along with my volunteers. Um, and it's important to me to be able to share those stories, to be able to see those kids light up when they receive their first toddler bed and it's painted a fun color out of our wood shop, um, to see a mom, you know, melt when she's receiving a Christmas tree or Christmas ornaments, like she didn't think that she was gonna be able to make that happen this year. Um, you know, I've been in that moment where I didn't think that I was gonna be able to make it happen and somehow, in some way, God always shows up yeah. um, and provides the biggest smiles and the biggest hugs. Pandemic, no pandemic, I'm still hugging clients. <laughs> so um, it's important to me to make sure that everybody is, is feeling loved and feeling cherished in a moment where it's really lonely. It's a really lonely place to be right now in our community when you're climbing out of poverty and every little thing is gonna be all right. And we'll have a kumbaya around a Christmas tree this season. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> providing the resources and walking with them and blessing them and putting a smile on their face. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is pretty remarkable for, for all you guys. So yeah. yeah, kudos to you all. Megan, do you mind sharing some some good things about Feeding South Dakota and on how people can assist you guys as well during this season? Absolutely, yeah. Um, the holiday season is big for Feeding South Dakota. I don't know about everyone here and listening, um, but when I think of the holidays, food is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so we really want to provide that for our neighbors here in South Dakota. Um, so we do a traditional Thanksgiving distribution um, at the fairgrounds on November 20th, where families can come um, and receive a Thanksgiving meal. So everything that you think of, turkey breast, 
stuffing, cranberries, pie, all of the good stuff that you think of um, when you think of Thanksgiving. So that's a big need um, in funding those meals for our guests. Um, and then leading in straight into Christmas um, that way as well. Um, really just trying to provide what we think of when we go to the grocery store, what you want to provide for your family when you're um, having thinking of your holiday season, we want to do that for our guests as well. So um, like everybody else has mentioned here, the big way that that happens is through financial um, contributions. So that's always a great way um, to support. And then we wouldn't be able to do what we do without our volunteers. Um, we can get those, get that food in and we can um, sort it, whether it's from a food drive or a fun drive. Um, but the big way um, is really boots on the ground, getting these into people's cars and so that they can get it to their homes. So um, those are really the big ways. Um, but if you're looking for, if you're a business or um, even a family and you want to gather food, we always um, are willing to take food donations as well and have a list of um, things that we're looking for on our website. So you can get together with your friends, your family, your coworkers and um, contribute that way as well. And then there's always opportunities to come and sort the food um, at Feeding South Dakota as well. Very nice. Um, no, thank you all for sharing your stories, what you guys are about. I feel like you guys bring our community full circle. <laughs> Truly believe that. And you, you see it on an everyday basis. And first and foremost, I appreciate all you guys. You guys are very a blessing. Um, but most important of all, for everyone watching or seeing this, um, the main reason for this was bringing joy to this community and to people that we serve. And holidays for some people could be a dark time. Mm -hmm. it, could be, it could be a happy time. And we just wanna bring those resources and on all these nonprofits on their web pages, we'll, we'll have links where you guys can financially give to them. You can reach out to any of these folks here, Rick, Julie, Janine, Megan, they could get you involved in volunteering on assisting their organization. But overall, we are very blessed, very lucky to have what we have. But if you can put a smile and make a difference in our great community of Sioux Falls and the surrounding areas, please do so. But thank you for joining us and we greatly appreciate all of you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. You're very welcome. Thanks, AJ. No, thank you guys.